0: What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the first edition of Riding the 3x3 with your host, yours truly, Russ Heltman, coming at you from the glass city of Toledo, Ohio. This is going to be a little podcast venture that I'm not going to try to take up too much of your time. It's going to be 15 to 30 minutes each and every Wednesday, a little weekly podcast to just throw at you the biggest three topics that are on my mind in the world of sports, life culture, anything like that and also I wouldn't be calling this riding the 3x3 unless we were talking a little ride sharing. I recently uh, started using my Ford Taurus as a way to make a little cash on the side and there is some incredible stories, some funny ones, some crazy ones that I want to bring you guys each and every week. Hopefully, I can bring a crazy story each and every week to the podcast, but if not, we might, might just abort that and throw in a fourth Three by three topic. What do you think about that? Anyway, let's get started. Let's go right from the gates with the biggest story in the world of sports right now, and that's NBA free agency. We sit today on July 10th, 10 days removed from players across the NBA and what was the most loaded class of my lifetime in terms of free agents being able to sign with new and respective teams and new teams did they sign with. Unbelievable movement across the entire NBA landscape. You had five of the top 15 players, five of the all NBA selections from this previous season being moved to different teams, either on their own or through trades. You got Kawhi Leonard calling up Paul George, saying, hey man, let's go out west. Let's go to LA. We're both LA area kids. Both grew up around there, both went to school around that area. Let's go home, let's try to bring a title to the L.A. Clippers as Kawhi signs a two-year deal with a player option on the third year to join up with Paul George, who was sent out from OKC with an absolutely mind-boggling haul coming back to the Thunder of about five draft picks and the contracts of Shea Gilgix-Alexander and Danilo Gallinari. And then out east, you got the Brooklyn Nets getting their targets in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, two guys that unfortunately will not be able to play together until the 2020-2021 season with KD uh, courageously risking his entire career, his whole body, to try to lift the Golden State Warriors over the Toronto Raptors after he strained his calf in the earlier portion of the playoffs, came back and did even worse damage to that Achilles' So he will not play this season, but he joins up with Kyrie in Brooklyn. And the fifth guy, my favorite player in the entire NBA, and it's not going to change after he leaves my Charlotte Hornets to join up with the Boston Celtics and try to bring that young core to the uh, heights that they reached in the Eastern Conference Finals just two years ago and try to even lift them past that. But I don't want to break down what this really means in terms of this season, in terms of title opportunities. Anything like that. What I want to focus on is coming into a new decade for the NBA. We're going into the 2020s. Coming off of a decade that was highlighted, that was stamped with the idea of player movement. It started with LeBron James, who, in my opinion, is the most influential athlete of this millennia, just in terms of how he pushes the needle, how he pushes the needle financially. Culturally, politically, anything you want to think about, LeBron James really has had a hand in dealing with, and it's unbelievable because as an NBA franchise now, you can't plan for anything. Just look at the Oklahoma City Thunder. Last year, July 7th, the mayor declared it Paul George Day in the city of Oklahoma City, and now he is an LA Clipper, albeit with an unbelievable return that I think should really excite Oklahoma City Thunder fans in the meantime in terms of draft picks and young talent and Shea Gildas-Alexander and a strong wing player and Danilo Gallinari, who nobody knows what's going to come of him when the new season comes about. But still, it's it's crazy to me that you had five of the top 15 talents in the NBA moving teams. You had so many big names outside the top fiend, top 15, excuse me, Moving teams and Bojan Bogdanovic, Malcolm Brogdon. You had guys like, like Nikola Mirotic going all the way to Barcelona. He's not even playing in the NBA anymore. It's crazy what kind of authority, what kind of of just captaincy that these players now control over their careers, which I think they have every right to. Rachel Nichols of ESPN put it in in perfect words on this on the on, on the Low Post podcast with uh, Howard Beck and Zach Lowe the other day. These guys do stuff that's absolutely incredible and no one else on the planet can do. That's why they are getting paid these millions of dollars and they have every right to be able to choose their own living situation and their own lifestyle. But for me as a fan of the NBA and really as a fan looking deeper into it with a more magnification of a team like the Charlotte Hornets, I don't know how you can think As a small market team, a fan of a small market team like the Detroit Pistons, who quickly I think should go after Russell Westbrook now that the Oklahoma City Thunder can no longer really utilize his services to a championship type of ability. But how can you as a small market team, a fan of those teams, really think that you can chip away, chip away, collect assets, do the right thing, and be in position to offer one of these big time talents a nice gargantuan deal and think you have a chance at that. I just I don't know how this is going to play out for the next 5 6 years if 25 24 of the major teams don't really have an opportunity to get top in top tier talent. Now I'm not saying that's what it's going to be like next year. In my opinion, 10 to 12 teams across the Eastern and Western Conference, have a legitimate chance to win the NBA title. They're Both of these conferences are basically five, six teams deep at this point in terms of comparable talent. But five of the top 15 players went to the coast. That's crazy to me. That's absolutely insane. And it's even magnified by a city and a team like the Toronto Raptors, who just won the NBA title. They gave Kawhi Leonard everything he could have asked for in terms of player development, training staff, giving him the load management, giving him games off, giving him the uh, the Kawhi Leonard eats free deals on this on the uh, on all the stickers throughout Toronto, on the on the businesses throughout that city, and still in one of the largest cities, one of the largest markets in the NBA, like Toronto. I get it. It's not necessarily the same. It's not the same as living in the United States. And I completely understand that, but he still spurned them. He's the first Finals MVP in the history of the league to not return to his team to defend his crown. And he has every right to. He didn't choose to be in Toronto. That was a decision made by the San Antonio Spurs. And if he would have had his way, I bet he would have chosen to go to the L.A. Lakers last year. When he, all that drama was going down. And and I was pretty critical of him with that drama at, uh, at my previous uh, place of work. But it's just crazy to me, man, that the entire NBA, every two years it seems like, can be flipped on its head. And I'm so conflicted on it. And I'll end, uh, end this topic with this. I love the NBA. I'm a bigger NBA fan, I would say, than I am a fan of the Charlotte Hornets. I just love watching all this premier talent. The NBA has never had this much talent spread across this many teams in its, what, 70-year history. And so for me, I love that aspect that I could see guys like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George pick their paths. Guys like Anthony Davis and LeBron James being on the same team, being able to cultivate that type of winning atmosphere on a legacy team like the LA Lakers. But on the flip side, as a fan of the Charlotte Hornets, as a fan of a small market team, I just don't know what you do if you're one of these small market owners. I don't know how you can think of planning five, six years down the line when these guys, these elite players, which is the type of talent you have to have in the NBA to win a title, just continuously say, we're going to sign two-year deals. We're going to sign three-year contracts. We're going to do short-term types of commitments, and we'll see what happens. You've got to prove it on the back end if we sign up for the front end. So it's crazy to me that that this is what we're looking at in the NBA. It's going to be a really volatile time over the next two years, and we could see it happen all over again in 2021 with the news of today that Kawhi Leonard is going to uh, reevaluate his stance with the with the Los Angeles Clippers after two years heading into that third-year player option, as will Paul George. And on top of that, it's going to be a massive, massive inflection point on the balance in the NBA between small markets in big markets, when Giannis and in Milwaukee makes his decision in 2021 as to whether or not he wants to sign that supermax extension like Russell Westbrook did a couple summers ago, and is now being shipped out of Oklahoma City, or if he wants to make one of these moves that he has been uh, that he has seen his peers make over the last couple weeks, last couple seasons, that is, and uh, head to a bigger market, a more uh, illustrious type of living situation if you would have it so it's a crazy crazy time in the NBA but it's a time that I think should inf- excite all NBA fans as this moving on to topic number two it's got to be the juiced ball bonanza just this all this hullabaloo about the juiced ball era we seem to be in in Major League Baseball Justin Verlander had some really harsh comments about this, at the all star break over there in Cleveland, just a couple hundred miles from here. It was, by the way, a great, great atmosphere over the last three or four days in the city of Cleveland. I was entranced like I've never been entranced before by that home run derby the other night. 91 dingers from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. It was a lot of fun to watch him go head to head with Jock Peterson. But yeah, a lot of people will say that 91 dinger performance has to do with the juice balls. And Verlander is one of them. Really thinking that, in his words, the MLB is playing a hand in this massive amount of home run increase just over the last five, six years. This this entire league in general is on pace to destroy the home run record set just two years ago. And in my opinion, I love it. I honestly love it. I was talking with a coworker today, just started a new job. Earlier today was my first day, and my my biggest opinion, my my overarching thought on this is can be boiled down just a few words. Pitchers still have to make the batter swing and miss. That's the whole point of being on the mound. How many times can you get a guy to swing and miss? How much movement can you put on that juiced ball, quote unquote, to make a guy think, hmm, is that going to stay in the zone or is that flying out? And gonna be a ball, and, and I can just go ahead and watch it go by. That's the biggest cat and mouse thing that has to do with baseball. It's been that way for the past 200, 150 years. And so, in my opinion, if you're complaining about all that, then get better. Just be better as a pitcher. And I get it, Justin Verlander came up through the MLB ranks in an era that was defined by uh, less scoring, and he was dominant throughout that era, but the times have clearly changed. I don't know for a fact that the MLB has played a hand in the balls being juiced. Something has definitely been going on with how much the home runs have increased over the last few years. Maybe it's just because of analytics dealing with the shifts and all that. But in my eyes, just be better. Be a better pitcher. Hone in on your craft even more. And overall, you still have to make a guy swing and miss. That's the biggest, biggest thing you have to do as a major league pitcher. Juice ball or not, everybody's playing with the same equipment. You can't tell me that the New York Yankees and the L.A. Dodgers and the Minnesota Twins and the Houston Astros would not be in the position that they are right now with a dead ball. Well, should be, would not be in the position that they are right now with a dead ball. Everybody's playing with the same bats, the same balls. It's not like the steroid era when just a few cheaters here or there spread out across the league were really turning the tides in their favor as opposed to all the other guys like my personal baseball hero Ken Griffey Jr. were playing by the rules. So everybody's playing under the same type of atmosphere and you got to figure out a way to get it done. I'm sorry Justin B. You got to figure out a way to get it done and he's clearly not struggling that much as he's been one of the most dominant pitchers in the American League once again this season in an Astros uniform and he was the guy that started the Major League All-Star Game just last night for the American League. All right, number three on the first edition of riding the 3x3 with Russ Heltman, and then we'll get you out of here with a couple ride-sharing stories over the past two weeks that that I've highlighted in this beautiful little noggin of mine. It's going to be a little life thing, and it's going to be a thing that I hope everybody can take away from this episode. First time I'm doing one of these is you got to believe you got to believe in yourself. And I think it's even more important, more pertinent today as the SBs are going on right now when I'm recording this, Jimmy Valvano, that famous speech at the 1993 SBs, highlighted by the quote, don't give up, don't ever give up. And that's, that, that's one of the most just powerful things to me in my life. I, I remember the first time I ever heard that speech I heard that speech, I listened to the final five minutes of it on my way into my first job in the industry just a few hours ago, and all I could think to myself is, man, this is pretty cool. Jimmy V is carrying me in to what I hope will be a long, illustrious, beautiful career in the radio industry for years to come, and coming up here to Toledo, I took a chance. I followed my awesome, beautiful girlfriend up here because she got a great job at one of the local TV stations and I just thought to myself, you know, put in the work, keep digging, keep trying, good things will come, make those connections, make those relationships and it will be rewarded. So, that's the last topic that I wanted to leave you right guys with right there, just believe in yourself. Pursue your dreams, pursue your passions, especially if you're young, even if you're not young. Go after the things that make you truly happy, that make time just fly by and have you thinking, man, where did the time go? I just had a lot of fun doing what I just did. It's what's life is all about. It's about pursuing your dreams, pursuing your passions, and working and living a full day each and every time you wake up on this beautiful little round rock that we call Earth. All right, final, final two minutes here. We'll go about a minute 30 with these two stories, my, my two favorite ride sharing stories of the past 10 days. So, I pick up this group of guys at an apartment complex, let's say about, I think it was about four days ago, and three of them had to go in the back seat, obviously, only four, four passengers allowed in the uh, beautiful 2005 Ford Taurus that I have. And the seatbelts sign starts to ding in, starts making that annoying noise, you know, you gotta put on your seatbelt in the front seat, and in, in all seats for that matter. And I tell the guy, hey, man, you got to put on your seatbelt. It's just going to keep digging like that. You know, safety first, all that. Puts on a seatbelt. Everything's cool. We ride about five, ten minutes. I drop him off. I don't know if this guy had ever put on a seatbelt before or ever, for that matter, unclicked the seatbelt. But not only did he not unclick it, the dude just slid out onto the floor of the passenger seat, didn't unclick the seatbelt, and just popped back up and closed the door and I just like stared at him the whole time he was doing this. It was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen a human being do a car and what do you know the seatbelt is fully clicked like somebody had, a, had their own ghost sitting at it right next to me. So that was that was really entertaining and really interesting to watch. And number two is this really nice elderly man I picked up two days ago. Just a lot of fun to talk to. He he popped up right in the front seat, you know, just kind of that generation that wants to be face to face, level level keel, just talking to you the whole way. We had a nice little 20 minute ride. Took him out from uh, from the outskirts of Toledo all the way down near mommy, Bowling Green, something like that. And I got the feeling that he was a little, you know, a little little inebriated. Picked him up. I think he had a few margaritas at the. Uh, at the Mexican restaurant that I uh, picked him up from, and I come to get to uh, get to talking to him, and the reason this guy had called a lift, the reason he didn't have his car on him was because he had received two speeding tickets over a hundred miles per hour on his uh, his nice, I think it was a 2015, 2016 Corvette. I don't know exactly the make the uh, the make of it, what year, but. That was absolutely mind blowing to hear that this old guy just still living life, still loving life, and uh, just, man, two speeding tickets in that hot rod going over 100 miles per hour. That was wild for me to hear. And it, and it kind of gave me some hope that I can still have some fun. In my later years, obviously not trying to get a speeding ticket or a DUI or anything like that. Of course, would not have wanted him to be driving that vehicle had he uh, had he had a few margaritas, like I uh, like I inferred once he got into the car. But it's just one of those things where you're like, man, if this guy at this age could still be having this much fun, then uh, <clears throat> there's no excuse for any of us. And that's where I'm going to leave you today in the first edition of Riding the Three x Three with Russ Helman. No excuses. Pursue your dreams, everybody, and I'll see you next week.